0: Listeners, we are part of Adelphi's finest Social Work Cohort, also known as Adelphi Students for Change. So um, as we enter the month of February, we just wanted to begin by paying homage to Black History Month and the many African-Americans who fought for many of our civil rights that we have today. Um, my name is Melissa. My name is Saima Sanchez.
1: Hi, everyone. Ricardo Roden.
2: Mona Whitaker.
3: Lauren Bear. Victoria Urgea.
2: Kevin Lewis.
0: Rene Sheehan. And I'm Professor Peggy Noel. Okay, guys, so let's get into the conversation. This week, we're talking about explicit and implicit bias. So implicit bias, let's just go over some definitions. Implicit bias, um, also known as unconscious bias, refers to attitudes and beliefs that occur outside of our conscious, aware, and control. Um, Explicit biases are... Um, biases that we have that we're more aware of, um, and, and those are such such as outright uh, racism, prejudice, and things like that. So <laughs> to kind of tie in Black History Month with implicit, explicit bias, right? I have like a funny story. So um, growing up in growing up in the inner city, right? I grew up in the projects, and anytime my mother got a uh, really important phone call she would put on her business voice so if anybody grew up in a black household we know what that looks like <laughs> she's yelling at the kids sit down you know whatever she's doing right and then all of a sudden hello hi good afternoon right so she puts on that voice so growing up that was just that was just something that i just knew that she did I didn't really think much of it, but now looking back, you know we always now that we're in social work we you know we see things differently and we analyze a lot of things now looking back my experience with that i'm thinking I think that was a implicit bias I think her 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 use of like you know uh using her proper voice and you know articulating her words, I think that by her doing that um it made her feel more maybe worthy or made her think, uh, you know, internalize that She was more intelligent, responsible. When she's talking to these like bill collectors or whatever, do, like, do you guys have any, any other um, experiences with like implicit bias or explicit biases? But, Can well, I
3: don't speak on implicit biases because growing up in the, in, like you did, my mom did the same thing and I could hear her and the next room over and I was just saying like, you know, I grew up to start doing the same things, you know, following their behavior, because I was only doing what I was taught. And I thought that that would possibly get me ahead because, you know, that got my mother and my grandmother ahead as well. So um, I could definitely on to emphasize this following the behaviors of my mom and trying to be something other than my culture because of Knowing the behavior and the behaviors of other people, and how we can get to the next step ahead of being black.
4: Can I just say? Can I just point out how we how in that just description of the story, um, there was bias there, automatic, explicit bias, because we automatically made the stereotype that growing up in a black household that the mother's yelling. My mother was not yep. a yeller. <laughs> so, and. <laughs> And my mother is very black. So just so that you know, we can kind of like perpetuate these stereotypes for our own selves, right? Yeah.
1: So we can't, I I think we can't talk about, we have to to obviously mention like structural racism, right? When we think about implicit bias, this is why Mm -hmm. uh, we have to put on that voice as far as, you know, quotes is what. We call it. This is why we have to wear our hair a certain ways uh, back in the days. Um, so that that's where all that you know implicit bias comes from because people will I, I, um, e- explicit and explicit. People will like judge you based on the way you the way you sound if you sound too black or um, if you you know dress a certain way or if your hair is a certain way. So because of structural racism, a lot of these explicit bias um, kicks in. Is implicit
4: and explicit bias? Specifically and solely about race, or is it, or do you consider the other isms? Because we, um, uh, Melissa, I'm going to bring you up again. I'm sorry, there was another implicit bias, me, uh, explicit bias, bias me about um, people that live in the projects, right? Like, so we have, you know, you know, saying grown up in the projects, like automatically, that comes with something, right? Like we automatically believe like this, a certain household looks That's so like this. When we um, talk about class and how where people were raised, right?
0: I mean. Yes, absolutely. Yep. That was me giving you already the picture that you that I feel you already have about. Absolutely. Yep.
5: Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm
0: glad that you pointed it out. But yeah, there there there's plenty other isms. There's ageism. There's, um, sexism. You know the, So there's many other uh, biases unconscious, we you know, we don't really think, but just like you said, that was, that was unconscious of, you know, that was unconscious to me. I didn't even realize what I was saying because I'm so used to doing it, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, I was just perpetuating it. Right. We see, yeah. we see, we, see, we think of, we
4: think that this is the way that we are supposed to be, like we perpetuate a stereotype that is, that works against us sometimes, Right. Cause you're right. We do code switching is a thing, and we we had to do it as a uh, well. Many people have had to do it as a result of racism. Um, yeah,
1: it's a survival mechanism. Exactly. But some, but some of those stereotypes is true though. That's um. Yeah. <laughs> some of y'all be loud in the hood. I ain't gonna lie.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but you're not gonna do Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm gonna I, you know, I never grew up in the hood, but I drove past it and I I don't know, y'all. That was a little tired.
4: Oh, Okay. Uh, I never grew up in the
1: hood.
4: <laughs> well, it's okay.
2: <laughs> but those those stereotypes is what keeps the words hood and ghetto going, like the stereotypes that people in these areas um, live a certain way, and they're usually black and brown people. Um, but they were perpetuated by not, by people that are not of color to keep us in a certain place, to keep them out of, like, I, I, I want to talk about like, keep them out of their communities, keep them away from things that they have going on. So if you can continue to perpetuate the ideas that, Blacks are loud, Blacks are lazy, Blacks are this and they're not going to keep upkeep their properties. It'll, it'll help you to keep them. Hmm.
3: Employment. I'm sorry.
2: You yeah, off. you, you they, they have to set up a standard or a certain type of idea with implicit bias of how Blacks or people Brown, Brown people, Black people are. So that they can keep the control of the things that they want to keep control of their neighborhoods when i'm and i'm saying there which is bad because it's like there the white neighborhoods the black neighborhoods the good neighborhoods the bad neighborhoods there really is no such thing it's what was i don't know conjured up
5: i was thinking about that even in terms of the idea of like a high crime area or like a high crime neighborhood because white collar crime takes place all over but we never call like a a business where there's a lot of embezzlement happening uh, a high crime area we use it only to refer to like certain neighborhoods where like there's a, a majority population of people who are not white
4: yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah. You it, it. yeah it works it, i mean it works the other way for me like for me um not like I, I my personal experience so like i know i was working Are predominantly white folks and they asked we were talking about cooking and like i said you know they was like oh how do you make your chicken and like implicitly i'm like with a lot of seasoning you know but i said that i said that because i didn't i didn't realize until like after the fact i'm like oh snap like that's that's me perpetuating a stereotype that you know you know white folks don't cook or whatever they don't season their chicken so like stuff like that is like, we all have it. Cause I, I, I remember that and I was, like, I went home. I was like, Oh snap. I wonder if they thought that I was trying to like, you know, be disrespectful, but. Was the question so, of chicken
4: asked ask for you because you were black?
1: <laughs> I, no, I, no, 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 no. It, it was a general conversation. It was oh, okay. like, my food, we were talking about food and they, they said they would make some orange chicken or something like that. Oh, okay. Of course. And then, so what uh, about this? Sorry so yeah
4: i wouldn't have thought that that was um that was rude because i've been like it's a lot with a lot of different seasonings like i I didn't even think of it as something yeah bad. i'm
3: assuming they went home and put a lot of seasoning on the chicken and was very upset
1: yeah i don't know so i didn't i don't I, I, I don't yeah, want so to too
4: much of anything is bad for you by the way
1: yeah and the <laughs> thing with, and i don't
4: like eat chicken sorry <laughs> Sorry,
1: Ricardo. Yeah, no, it's the same thing with sexism and stuff like that. It's like c- certain things you say that you don't even realize. Like, oh snap, that was like, like, like mansplaining, for example. Like, you know, sometimes when when like women talk about anime or like cartoons or like anything that's supposedly be manly, you like, wait, you know about that? You know what I mean? And that's like an explicit, implicit, like bias. Like women are not supposed to
3: to know. Oh, about
0: a- absolutely.
3: It. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Absolutely. Um, even when it comes to, like, I do a lot of um, renovations, um, you know, on, on, on houses and um, it's, it, I go through the same thing. You know, I go, I go through the same thing when I'm explaining what I want done or when I say, you know, when I'm like, okay, no, you can do this. I'll do this to, 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 to cut costs. You know how to do that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just the skill that you do with your hands, right? it's not only for men you know but yeah it's implied that i don't know i mean and not only that this youtube just in case if i didn't know right Mm -hmm. everybody who can read and comprehend you can just watch a youtube video i mean you don't have to have a man a man's brain to comprehend a uh, tile installation video or what have you you know so yep, I, i do understand what you're saying ricardo those are, those, are, those are other things, too, um, you know, being masculine or um, not for nothing. To be honest, um, my hands at any given time, my hands are so rough because I'm always doing like some type of manual labor renovation. And I have a complex because what women are supposed to have what? Soft hands, right? I mean, it's implied yeah, that when yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't even want to take nobody. Thank God we in the pandemic because we don't have to do too much. We social distancing. Because anytime when I was in church and they say shake your neighbor's hand, I used to be like, you know, like giving the, bump, you know, because I don't want you to feel how rough my hands are.
5: Don't worry, Melissa, mine are rough from all the hand washing. <laughs> oh
4: my God. Yeah, it's true because a lot of people, and a lot of people don't respect it if it's not, if you're a woman coming in those male dominated industries, right? Like if you are a woman coming in and you're saying, I'm a contractor, I'm the electrician, I'm the plumber, they're looking at you with a side eye. I definitely have done that myself. And I am a woman and I've done been like, oh, how do you know how to do that? Like, you know, or whatever, but I also question women who, who love sports. I'm always like, why do you watch sports? But, you know, clearly there are women that love sports and are avid mm-hmm. fans. And, the, and football and ba- basketball and all those things. In, in the, I do same, enjoy basketball. Yes. In the same way that I could, you know, women love clothes and nails and all of those other things. So you shouldn't underestimate whether a woman could do that. I've definitely, my cousin is one of those women. That's why I always bother. She um she literally re-do- she de- renovates a lot and has done so many things to my apartment. She did the hardwood floors in her house, not my house. She did the hardwood floors in her home, like she put in hardwood floors into her home. So she's, it's pretty dope when you can do it yourself.
5: Until recently, like until the pandemic started, I was a manager at a home improvement store and... There were a lot of times that, like, someone would be waiting to talk to me. I would walk over to them and, like, ask how I could help them, and they'd be like, oh, I'm waiting for the manager. So that definitely came up a lot.
1: Yeah, I am I am the manager. Oh, wow.
5: That's
4: probably because of your age, right? Because you look so
5: young. It's probably a combination of things. Right. It's probably gender I'm and in. age. Yep.
1: I work with a male, a male nurse, and um, I, I can't count how many times – uh, people refer to him as doctor. Like, he'll he'll like introduce himself as like, hey, I'm um, nurse. I almost said his name, whatever. And they'd be like, oh, hey, like, hey, doctor, okay, doctor. And it's like, like he'll stop, um, you know, um, correcting them at, after a while. But like, it's just like seriously, like you can't. And again, another implicit bias where you just think of of male yeah. doctors or some male nurse. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, That's um, funny
4: that I would to- like to say something. Oh. <laughs> And that's so funny um that happened to my mm-hmm. sister my sister's a nurse in a hospital and it happened to her a different way because she walks into a room they call the patient called the patient and their family called for a nurse and she walks into the room she says how may I help you and they said we're waiting for the nurse not the home health, not the um nurse's aid and she was just like actually I am the nurse <laughs> mm-hmm. and um so you know it happened the other way for her Um, But, you know, it happens to people all of the time, for sure.
3: Hmm. When I was a kid, I never thought of seeing male nurses because I was, you know, I I always thought I would see woman nurses, you know, because that's who you always run into first.
5: But now that I'm older,
3: I run into a lot of male nurses. I'm just like, oh, my God, what makes you choose this profession? I would never think that a male would want to be a nurse because it's like a lot of blood, a lot of nurturing, caring. So, you know,
0: I always see men as doing like hard duty taxes and, you know, more management. I mean, even in things. our cohort alone, it's female, it's female dominated. We have what, mm-hmm. two, we have two males and the rest is females. Um, and in my, in my BSW cohort, there's only one, there's only one male, um, other male student who's going into the social work field like us. And because he's the only male, it seemed like he gets so much attention. I'm like, uh, hello. I'm doing I'm gonna be doing the same thing he's doing. Like But I will tell you that
4: um in this industry, the administrative and the higher ups in this industry is dominated by males in spite of in spite of it being um female dominated. So, whenever you look at any administrative macro um, positions, mm-hmm. you'll see that they're predominantly male-run. Mm-hmm. Interesting, considering that this this profession specifically is so inclusive and is so um, female-dominated.
1: And then the conversation trickles over to like, pri- like we we all have a certain privilege, right? Whether you're male white, um, rich, whatever. And like, so how, I guess we should transition into how would, how would we use it? How would I use my male privilege to, um, to address these type of issues? How do we use our white privilege? How do we use our class privilege to address these issues? I, especially from a social work um, perspective.
2: I think first we have to realize we have that privilege because sometimes, like, especially in gender, we may not realize that we have that the privilege. We have to first know that we have the privilege so that we can address the other um, concerns, but if we don't know, like a lot of times we don't really know. We don't realize that, oh wow, that's a privilege I have. Like being a woman, there's privileges to being a woman. It may not seem like it because we were just talking about so many males that have dominated some of the professions, but there are privileges to being a woman. There's certain things we may get that the male may not get, or as a black woman, there are still privileges that I may not see but uh, all the time, but there are some privileges to being African-American um, woman, even for like college, I think there is, there's certain um uh, what these scholarships that I can get for being a black woman going out in my fifties trying to go to get a degree? I mean, there are some privileges. we just have to see them and look for them.
4: Well, your first privilege is that I would never thought that you were fifty but yeah. <laughs> but the um the other thing is too is that we're able, right like we're able like we don't have um any right at least when i'm looking at anyone here there are not any apparent disabilities and ableism Mm -hmm. is something too that we kind of take advantage of and i think that that's one that right now that people are like starting to pay attention to but really and truly people have not talked about like like i never think about the privilege that i can walk see here like that i don't have any disabilities i do I'm very independent. I do things on my own. I live on my own. I don't think about like having to, you know, consider things because can I get into a building? Because you you know will I be able to walk up the stairs? Like I don't think about those things. But I remember when I was opening my private practice, that was one of the um, in the CAQH forum. That was one of the questions was like is is the space that you're providing service to ADA accessible?
5: And I never
4: thought of that as an issue because that is not my issue. So you're right Mona, acknowledging it is the first step, right? Acknowledging it and seeing past what you see as um, an issue.
5: I looked into some of the ways that we deal with um, implicit biases and we measure implicit bias with an IAT which if you wanna take them, they're free on harvard.edu and they're kind of fun to take. And on, that, what? on harvard.edu, you can oh. take IITs, but- What does IET stand for? Uh, implicit association test. So there's a bunch of different biases that you can measure that they have tests for. Um, and there are there's very little evidence that taking like implicit bias trainings through your work lowers your IIT scores. And there's no evidence that it like changes your behavior long term or changes your ideas long term. And so this article was about how like, Ricardo, you were kind of saying this earlier, like big structural changes are really what organizations should be doing. But instead, they're giving us these like cheesy, implicit bias trainings, because it's cheaper and it's easier and it makes them look better than actually changing some of these like deeper structural issues.
1: Yeah, the cultural competence training and stuff like that. Which can you ever be competent? Probably not. <laughs> so, yeah. Then they call it cultural humility. Now, I think that's what we're going with. Just being, just being aware. Um, a lot of teachers have been using so. But yeah, no, I don't think I don't those 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 um uh classes of course I've taken a bunch of them and I I don't remember any of them so um it's not effective I agree
5: there were actually some studies that found that people's scores went in the other direction after taking them which is really unfortunate Mm. well it
4: gets you to kind of like pay attention to what's what what's happening right like like Mona had just mentioned like really important to like acknowledge it if I don't know that this is an issue I remember when the pandemic first happened, my sister was like, go for a walk every day, just put your mask on. And I was going for a walk and there were two people in the park near me um, that were in a wheelchair, but they didn't have mask on. And I was like, and I walked ahead of them or whatever. And they came up behind me and I was like, oh, in my head, I didn't say anything to them, but in my head, I was like, they should have said something to me that they were coming up behind me because they don't have masks on and I have a mask on. And I was like, how are we, th-? and I literally was processing this while I was walking because I talk to myself when I'm walking and I, not like literally, but I'm thinking to myself. right? <laughs> um, but I, I literally had to process for myself, like, would you expect anybody else to walk behind you because they're not wearing a mask saying, hey, I'm walking behind you and I don't have a mask on. No one would do that. So why do I think that these two people in a wheelchair is supposed to do that? And I literally like walked around the park thinking about this and thinking about like impact, right? Like I, I, how, automatically i i mean bias and how i automatically thought like they were supposed to do something for me just because you know and that's not necessarily true
5: that's true maybe the way that the study was done could have affected results like immediately after the training your score doesn't change but maybe you think about it 6 months in the future or something yeah exactly
0: i i have a question so like we already know like a lot of our like lived experiences and like our upbringing and, and and things like that contribute to our like you know attitudes and beliefs and the biases that we have um but this this generation like we're really promoting like self-awareness and being woke and being like introspective and and, and everything i'm i'm really curious like do you think they would have as many um, implicit biases as we do or do you think that it will get better like over time like what do you guys think
3: i believe they're gonna have it 10 times worse especially when it comes to racism during this era, we have uh during this year we've had a lot of protests when it comes to white when it comes to our, also our black lives matter protests as well um you know they're facing a lot of traumatic uh a lot of traumatic women's experiences at this time, uh, especially with not being able to go to school and all these things in nature and then not being able to their friends. And on top of this, with the racism, there's also sexism happening. So I could just imagine, it's not, it can get better with us because we are just a future social worker. So it definitely can get better. However, will it stop? We just have to keep fighting.
4: So, that's, a, that's an interesting perspective because it's like you're right. The country has become clearly divided after this, um, administration. Right. But in other ways, I see so much growth right in this generation, mm-hmm. because I saw so many different people walking and marching during BLM that it was imp- that it was that much more impactful and on, um, and I have to say that after Trayvon Martin died, which is when BLM was in, in incepted, no, everyone was like, "Oh, all lives matter." We had the Blue Lives Matter. We had all of these uh, all of these people distinctly saying, like, "No, we're not going to say Black Lives Matter is um, is promoting like all of these like <clears throat> separatism and." um exclusive kind of groups and we don't want that. And now when I was out there, it felt like there was there were more people actually standing with and in union. And it even like cared mm-hmm. off to other Marches around trans lives, especially specifically Black trans lives. I saw, you know, you hear people talking about being more inclusive around um, ableism because bullying is still is a big thing. And you hear kids talking about that. And so I feel like there is some growth. Is there work to do? Absolutely. Do I think that there's more distinction? Absolutely. But I feel like that's it's still kind of in the same way that 75 million people voted for vote for Trump. I don't think 75 million of those people um, hate me because I'm black. Sure. and I think the um, pandemic played a lot with this, the movement as well, because mm-hmm. a lot of people were home and saw a man, uh, someone get uh, murdered, you know, so that contributed okay. to it. While a lot of people had a time to sit down and reflect.
2: Yeah. We
4: really like this. So I mean, the pandemic is really negative, but it played a a, a essential part with these movements
0: because people got time. Everyone was home, basically shut down, and we got time to sit down and think. You know, so
4: yeah. So that wraps up wraps up our podcast for this week. (laughs) Um, I'm looking forward to hearing our next topic next week, and I'm really excited about the event coming up on February 23rd. Thanks. Have a good week. Bye.